try again. Good afternoon, everybody, my brothers and sisters. Today I have a special guest with me. This is this is Hannah. Me and Michael are hanging out, driving around today, and talking about all of the many things that are happening in the world. Yeah, talking politics. Kind of pissed off because we did an earlier one, and we thought it was really cool. It was. And it was really cool, and I don't know what happened to it. So hopefully, I don't know. I don't know if you could capture the same energy we had before. But uh, we'll see. We'll try to talk about the same things that we we're talking about. I'm gonna run down the run down a list of the things we was talking about. Um, it was an hour long too, and we talked about a lot in that hour. In that hour, yeah, we kind of talked about. We talked about. Uh, we ended it with a grill lady. We was talking about the the. Um, NFL, their law, their, 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 their bylaw that you just passed about requiring NFL players to to basically either stand for the anthem or go into their locker room because if they kneel during the uh, if they kneel during the uh, pre, um, anthem, they'll be fined. Yep, and then we were talking about how this and the entire approach towards NFL players of shut up and entertain us. Is has just has so many connections to slavery. Right, but you know, a lot of it is rooted in slavery, as you said. You know, and like you said, you know, the whole idea of the Colin Kaepernick kneeling is not to disrespect the flag or to disrespect the troops. As you can see, some of the troops have even said that they have fought for our freedom to take a knee down. Taking a knee down is not disrespectful to the flag. Um, Go through the. I'll just briefly run through the uh, what you know what the the brief history of Colin Kaepernick taking a knee down. Basically, he used to sit down during the national anthem, and an ex football player like himself, who was also a veteran, told him that you know the best way to to uh, to protest against the national anthem is not to sit down, but to take a knee down because in everything else you take a you take a knee whenever you showing reverence or respect to. Anything like, for example, people take a knee down when they're praying. They take a knee down when they're uh, honoring somebody's grave. You know, so it's the same thing. Taking a knee down to respect all the fallen people from police. Yes. Hello, Rachel. How you doing? Hello. Hello. Yeah, how are you? How you doing? Hello, I'm Rachel. She won't call back. All right. Well, again, you know. So the whole idea of taking a knee down was uh, because of what um, you know is showing reverence to the fallen people. You know, people who have been killed by cops, people who have died and lost their lives. That is what taking a knee down is all about. It's showing respect to fallen, our fallen citizens. But somehow, uh, number 45 has decided to twist it and turn it into disrespecting the troops and disrespecting the flag along with, along with his vice president. And, you know... I mean, so, he thinks that any protest is disrespecting the troops, right? Yeah. To him, anything that is anything other than total acceptance of the world order that he wants to impose on us mm -hmm. is disrespecting the troops basically more or less and that's what we talked about second thing we was talking about was what let's see we were talking about the nfl and then we were talking about 
how similar to slavery it was. I think that we started to talk about prison labor. Prison labor, yeah. We talked about prison labor. Um, we also spoke about the lawyer who was chastising the people for speaking Spanish. Oh, yeah. No, well, mm-hmm. he didn't just chastise. He threatened to call ICE. And mm-hmm. then we're very happy that the mariachi band has been playing, playing under, under his window. window. Yes. And these people who were speaking Spanish happened to be American citizens, too. You know? You see, the one thing... Oh, no, those were the ones in Montana. Oh, that okay. the Border Patrol agents stopped. They were, they were citizens. You were citizens. Yep. But you see, the thing is that what people don't understand, right, is that... Spanish, just because you know how to speak Spanish doesn't make you a foreign illegal. It actually puts you on an advantage because you know how to speak. You know, you have to recognize that these people speak Spanish. Spanish speaking people could speak English better than most Americans could speak Spanish. Oh, hell yeah. That's the truth. You know, you know, so, but then when somebody else speaks English, you know, they could speak English, but you can't speak Spanish. But then you don't, you don't feel any remorse about disrespecting these people they 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 actually pretty much uh, very intelligent because they've mastered two languages how many ma- how many languages did that lawyer master english actually you know um his his website says that he speaks spanish too no oh, whatever i know right i don't think he does i think it's a lie if he spoke spanish he wouldn't be disrespecting people who speak spanish like that yeah if he does speak spanish though then he can also disrespect them in their own language which mm. is equal kinds of messed up it's very condescending yeah you know, but anyway, but that's that's what we deal with, and you know, back, you know, and the third thing we was talking about was, of course, grill lady. Yes. Lady, <laughs> she did not want people to be grilling because they had charcoal in their grill or whatever the case is. But we know what that was all about. You see, the thing is that right? It's not that. You see, racism and white supremacy does not just affect black people; it affects white people as well. Yep. Because. It it, it, it it puts this fear into people unnecessarily. I always say that. Like, for example, you have white people being afraid of black people when they're not even violent. It reminds me of a, uh, some dogs that I used to, uh, that, you know, a relative of mine has. And everybody said, oh, those dogs are violent. Because every time you pass, they bark at you. They're chained up. So they'll bark at you. Ruff, 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 ruff. But then, this dog, when you release these dogs, they're the best gentle dogs that you could ever come across. They don't bite. They're not violent. You know, they just want to play. And the whole reason, but they're big dogs. Don't get me wrong. They're not small dogs. One is a Rottweiler and the other one is an is a English Terrier, an English Boxer. Very big dogs, but they're not violent. You know, but because everybody thinks they're afraid, they're afraid of these dogs. Every time the dog bark, they're afraid of the dog. Oh, all the dogs are vicious savages. But they're not. And that's the same thing with black folks or people who, you know, they, when, when they, when they are, what you call the mainstream mm-hmm. individuals that are asked, I call them, they like, they like the society to be like white teeth, straight yes. and white. Straight and white. You're straight and <laughs> white, like teeth. <laughs> you know, I heard that one off of radio today. Straight, I thought it was kind of funny. White, kind of pointy. Yeah, pointy, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and tight ass. Yep. Yeah. But this is, everybody's not like that. You know, like I was mentioning earlier, see, like, you know, if everybody was the same, everybody would be driving the same car. Everybody would be dressing the same. Everybody thinks differently. That's why no two people have the same fingerprints, even identical twins. You know? Yep. There's a reason for that because you're all, you might look like your identical twin sister or brother, but you ain't the same person. No, you're distinct individuals. You know, you're distinct individuals. But they would have you believe that oh, everybody must think the same, do the same. Right? 
large corporations do that they micromanage they want everybody to think the same do the thing they don't want to listen to you if you have an idea that might threaten the norm or threaten the, the, the status quo because that's the other thing that we were saying when it comes to supremacy, right? That mm -hmm. the idea of supremacy is that there is someone who is superior and someone who's inferior. Exactly. And so equality scares a supremacist, like even mm -hmm. if they don't know it, because to them, anything that's not superior is inferior. Right. So right. to them, equality is actually inferiority. Yes. At least so, it's inferior to how they are now. Well, you see, if you think that you're inferior, superior to somebody else because of the color of the skin... I would argue that that's an inferior way of thinking. Oh, I would agree. You know, if you think that you're better than me or I'm better than you because we don't have either you're white or you're, uh, you know, you're white and I think I'm better than you because I'm black or you're better than me because I'm white, you know, it's an inferior way of thinking. Nobody is, you can't claim to be superior to another person based on the color of your skin, you know. I had a I had a funny experience once in Miami, mm -hmm. um, where I'd met this I'd met this guy. He was a white guy, like, and we met and we were chatting. And he was telling me he's from Boston, mm -hmm. and it was funny because he was talking about like different social levels, right? Like different mm -hmm. kind of like social stratas between like and comparing them between Boston and Miami. And he was like, yeah, you know, in Boston, like it's 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 whites on top, and then blacks, and then Latinos. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, but in Miami, like the Latinos are rich and they're up there with the whites and they look at you like you're dirt. And it was so funny to me because I was thinking to myself like, wow, white boy, like this is the first time anyone mm. looked at you like you were nothing. Like, but this and is it the, was a brown yeah. woman. How does that make you feel? Well, you should understand that because that's what, you know, most of us minorities go through all the time. I know. And I was like thinking to myself like, wow, this is probably the first time that someone's looked at him like he was inferior. But you see, but you see, that's an everyday experience for some people. Exactly. Especially for like me, you know, even in my place that I work at, I'm not going to say where I work at, you know, but where I work at, people always undermine me because you think that, oh, you're not as smart as you are. And I'm like, look, I'm really, really, I'm college educated. And you know, I know I'm not a yes. Oh, no. Sorry, my <laughs> That's okay. I'm sorry, but um, I'm not gonna um, I'm not gonna doubt. I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt till you try to look down at me, and then I'll be like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna put you in your place. I'm gonna let you know exactly who you're dealing with. But that's what it is. You know, you have to understand that people are not stupid because their skin color is different from yours. And I would even argue that just because somebody you're more educated than another person does not make you better than them either. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make it. It could be the luck of the draw. Maybe they didn't have the opportunity to go to college like I did. And I'm not going to say, oh, you're dumb and you're stupid because I went to college and you didn't. You know, everything that you have in life could be lost like that. Mm -hmm. It's true. You know? You know, I could be called, but look at what he's talking about. People get fired from their jobs all the time. You've heard people who were multimillionaires and two years later, they're living on the streets. You know, life is like that. You know, now you're going back to this whole thing. I'm a, this, this segment, and again, I want to talk about with the grill lady. Grill lady. Grill lady, yeah. I call that weaponizing your racism or weaponizing your hatred. 
And she also, from what I remember, since you said that once the police showed up, she started to cry. She, she started to cry. The, the, the weaponization of tears, mm-hmm. especially by white women, right? Like so that it looks like they're being attacked, right? Right. right. She wasn't being attacked. No, she wasn't being she attacked. She was doing the attacking, but as soon as the police shows up, show up, she starts to she cry. She switched up. Right. What does that mean? It means that when I'm crying, I'm being attacked because mm-hmm. the attacker doesn't cry. Mm-hmm. So she, like, in doing though by crying, mm-hmm. tried to make herself be the victim there. Right, like, right. And that is something that you see among white women from the woman who said that Emmett Till raped her. Right, know? right. Oh, yeah. Like, and farther back. I, like, if you look at it, yeah, look at the incident, you know, you write about that. Emmett Till was killed because a white woman claimed that she was being victimized on her deathbed. Do you know that this lady admitted she recanted, yeah. Yeah. No, she recanted. And look at that. Like this woman when she cried. Like imagine if the police officer who had showed up had shot the man who was just there having a barbecue. We've seen what happens every time, you know, unfortunately sometimes when cops show up. Look at uh uh what's that brother that got killed or got shot in his chest because he was selling CDs and somebody was mad. He was selling cigarettes. No, not Eric Garner. Alton Sterling. Alton Sterling, right, the one in New Orleans. Yep. He, he, oh, sorry, thank you. He was um, shot in his chest. Yep. Because somebody was angry with him and then weaponized their anger and called the police. Yes. You and see, he was a big black guy and he was just selling CDs. But just selling CDs. He was, he was assuming he was dangerous and they shot him in his chest. And he, you know, that's what I call You see, so we always perceived as being, uh, uh, you know, intimidating and, and hostile. And meanwhile, we're not, you know, the vast majority of black people are not don't have criminal they don't have a criminal intent in them we just want to work make our money and go home just like the next man yep we're law-abiding citizens the vast majority of us are law-abiding citizens you know if, but imagine ahead. like you get that you get the situation though where you have on one hand a big black guy and on the other hand a crying white woman and it's yeah. like the picture is set, the scene is set. And the scene you know? is set, like, right? It is. It is written into our brains because it's written into our history. Like mm-hmm. this is who we are. Mm-hmm. Like we are people who will always believe the white woman's tears and always believe that the big black man is, is going to the, be out the to perpetrator. Get us. Yes, exactly. I remember. Um, I remember the um, the Waffle House shooting where um, this kid went in there and shot seven um, people, and the, the brother that was there, he disarmed him with his bare hands somebody i put on one of these right-wing radio stations or said it or i can't remember but it was a statement i was put out he said that you see that's why we have to shoot him because now they could disarm you without guns imagine that so now somebody is putting out there into the into the universe that we're so we're so intimidating and so violent that we have the ability to disarm people without guns this armed gun, you know, armed people without guns. So don't let them come close. Shoot them before they could get close to you. That's, I mean, the fact that that was that man's analysis tells me that he's going to shoot up a place sometime. Not only that, but he will, he doesn't care about life. You see, the things that, you know, it says a lot, you know, about this country. When you have teenagers acting like grown-ups and grown-ups acting like teenagers. I'm talking about when those kids, when I was protesting about gun violence. What was the name of that kid that um, challenged Ted Cruz about his his association with the NRA? Marco Rubio. Um, Marco Rubio. Well, oh, sorry, Marco um, Rubio. Yeah. It was David Hogg. David Hogg. Very David good. Hogg. You're good with names. That's why I like talking names. to you. <laughs> I, I'll just remember incidents. I will read it and then forget the name. Yeah. But um, yeah, you see, he challenged Ted uh, 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 Marco Rubio, 
And Mark Rubio couldn't come clean about the fact that uh, he is, uh, he's, you know, he would disassociate himself from the NRA. He couldn't do that. Well, because Rubio's position, as I remember, was, hey, it's not that I do what the NRA wants me to do because they give me money. It's that I believe in what they want me to do, and so I do it of my own free will, and so therefore they happen to support me with money because they want to support my agenda, not that they're buying me to support their agenda. And let me tell you, that's just a whole lot of bullshit. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. How many? I was going to ask you, if you think that's bullshit, clap your hands. <laughs> well, that's just a crock of bull it's right like, there. how bad does that bullshit smell? It smells so bad. It smells, yeah, it smells, you can smell that all over America. Exactly. You know, and everybody knows that the only reason is because, because these people support their their campaigning, they support their uh, nomination, all of this financial support. And like I said, money in politics. You know, when you have money inside of politics, you know, the policies that are passed will only favor very rich people and very large corporations. Yep. Nobody else will be favored in this. And that is why, you know, Things, steps have to be taken. That's why it is prudent that you vote. You have to vote. When I hear people saying that I'm not voting because it doesn't make it, it makes a difference. Can Look, I ask you, do people actually say that to you? People have said that to me. That I've been insulted sense. for voting. Okay. I was insulted for voting. I'm like, you got to vote. There's a reason why they take vote, vote, uh, polling stations out of inner city areas there's a reason why they require you to show your id when you want to vote because they don't want you to vote or they want to make it as hard as possible you for you to vote yep use your head if it was that if it didn't make a difference you have polling stations everywhere so let's go ahead and talk again about the historical origins of voting limitations right okay. mm -hmm. which was to uh, originally and i don't remember up until when this was you had to be a landowner mm -hmm. in order to vote. Okay. And so they had they required that you had that you were an owner of property. Now who owned property but the rich people? Oh, rich white people. And so the mm. rich white people were the only ones who were initially able to vote. Like, right. And so then like the, the vote and what it is to vote has been slowly expanding then since then. You know, mm -hmm. I mean then as soon as at the very least as soon as um, America won the revolution and all of that then and created America, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, then the white men were at the very least able to vote because at the time the black people were still considered three fifths of a person. Do you remember person. that? Yeah, but you see, that was put in place because they were fighting, if I remember correctly, they used to fight. Well, they needed the vote, but they didn't want to consider them fully human beings. But they needed the votes of these black men. They didn't need their votes. They needed to count them as people. Right. For the allocation of for the resources. For allocation of resources. Right? There you go. And so, mm -hmm. no, so they counted. So that was the compromise. To count right. them as three-fifths three fifths of a person. person. Right. There but you go. But then you had, like, I mean, you you had then the, the suffragette movement, right? Like, so mm -hmm. that women were then able to vote in the 20s. Like, okay. but at the same time, it was really only white women that were able to vote because of the other requirements that were put on black people that prevented mm -hmm. them from voting. Like, like having knowledge. taxes. Mm -hmm. Like literacy requirements. Mm -hmm. Like this is something like, I mean, the voter ID laws are not new. Like this is mm -hmm. as American as anything we've ever done. You know, like we always that try to restrict as right. much as possible voting to originally right. just to the white, white men, men and yeah. now honestly to the white men and women like we try to restrict mm -hmm. voting to, to to the white folks to rich people in particular because rich white people and you see there was even a movement where some of these rich people was requiring that they pay for voting 
to pay to vote. I'm Poll like, taxes have been a thing. We used mm. to have those. Mm. Yeah. You want to bring it back? Man, great. Glad. Make it make America great again. Right? Yeah, that's what it is. You know, charge people to vote. Charging people to vote. And that's something. But then your taxes is not enough. You have and, to you know, charge you to vote. Let's talk about other restrictions on voting. Let's talk about people with felony convictions. Exactly. Like, I don't know how many states it is, like, because I know there's some states that just restrict you from voting while you are imprisoned mm-hmm. with a felony charge, but there's other states where as soon as you're convicted of a felony, you can never vote again. I think, um, I think Maryland was one of those states that take, took away your voting rights, and Virginia was another one. Oh, Virginia, that wouldn't surprise me yeah. at all. But, um, but that's Texas. like, I mean, once you finish, like, serving your time and you get out of jail, I think it makes no sense, like, I mean, if the goal is reintegration of a person into society, mm-hmm. like, as opposed to just eternal punishment, mm-hmm. because right now what it is is it's just, like, we will punish you for this crime forever. Exactly. You may never engage with society again. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because you... They're just going to go and commit more crimes and get jailed again. Well, this is what it is. They, they create a situation whereby you can't, you can't even get government uh, uh, benefits. For example, I'm going to give you a good example. If you have a guy who's going to jail, right? Maybe for two years, three years, he has a felony conviction, okay? He comes out of jail, and if he goes back to where his baby mother is, the baby mother who might be living on uh, on um, welfare, mm-hmm. if, if, if they come and they inspect the apartment and he's inside of the apartment or they find any evidence that he's there, the mother could lose her benefits too. Yep. He doesn't get any benefits. He cannot apply for food stamps. He cannot apply for, for housing. And of course, when he tries to look for a job, he can't find a job anywhere because why? Why? Oh, felon. Because, yeah, because he has a felon. Mean, exactly. He has a felony record, so so no to, job, no so benefits can't, for nothing. him or his family. Talk about generational trauma. Like generational trauma, to right? That kid. So no, and then what's going to happen to him? In order to eat, he is forced into a to steal again. So my thing is that if somebody has done their time fair and square, why do you continue to punish them for all their life? Yeah, that's the thing. It's actually for life. Like in terms mm-hmm. of employment it's discrimination, life. you yeah. can't get a job. You can't vote can't get benefits it's mm-hmm. like you're done that's why that whole box of have you ever been fel- uh, convicted of a felony that should they, they, you know it's called uh, block the box ban the box ban the box yeah yep. they need to get rid of that because it's nobody if you did your time and you're done with your time you've served time you've done with it it's finished you did what you're supposed to do now it's time for you to move on according to the the, the whole idea of going to jail you know uh, is, is to rehabilitate you you know of course, we know we that doesn't happen. Is the for-profit prison complex? For-profit, yeah, we could dive into that right now. Yeah, let's talk about how the for-profit prison industry is exactly like slavery, right? It is slavery. Been yeah. Saying that, mm-hmm. like, I mean, instead of like looking at the person and being like, "That's a nice, strong-looking person. I would like mm-hmm. to buy them for five hundred dollars, please." Instead, you just have minimum bed requirements in for-profit prisons mm-hmm. right. where people are actually engaging in slave labor. They're mm-hmm. earning fifty cents an hour making the cheese that we buy at Whole Foods. Exactly. I don't remember. I don't, do you remember that, who else uses prison labor? Uh, Victoria's Secrets. Oh, a lot of travel yeah. agencies. I mean, you could go on and on because a lot of these calling places that sometimes when you call and you're asking for services, a lot of those people that you're talking to the phone on the other side, some of them are prisoners. Yeah. You know, you yeah. know, 
I mean, there's the whole idea. Uh, we've heard of the pro, uh, uh, um, a school to prison pipeline. Yes. Where you have black kids and minority kids receiving harsher penalties for doing the same thing that their white counterparts might do. Not only that, in schools, we know that the, 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 the uh, schools in the inner cities, they use outdated education material. They use old books, outdated uh, books. Uh, they don't have a good computers. They don't educate them well. If you do, if they get into a fight, they're more likely to be suspended and not able to get into another school. Yep. So they set up the they set up. A, a, I mean, you know, I mean, this is old news, but I'm just gonna reiterate. They set up a situation whereby these kids are failing before they even started off in life. Yep. You know, because that's what we're setting them up for. They're setting up for failure. They're already failing, and they're not. Um, it's not helping any. It's not. It's not helping all of this. All of these problems that we have in society, because not only are they failing, they don't go to school. They decide, okay, well, I want to make a better living in life. What did they do? They might. Some of them might actually do well, but some of them might end up, um, unfortunately, engaging in life in a life of crime, and then boom, there it is. So you have a kid that will go to school, black kid get penalized. They can't get into another school. They stay at home. They start engaging in criminal activities. Some of them might end up with their first uh, crime conviction. They go to jail. They come out. They can't get jobs. What do you do? They go back to jail. They, 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 they um, how you call it? The um, going back to jail thing. Recidivism. Recidivism. I can't say. Recidivism. It's very hard for me to say certain words. I couldn't. I can say it, but I can't spell it. Yeah, I can spell it, but I can't say it. Either. Recidivism. That's recidivism. Recidivism. There we go. Okay. <laughs> My mouth is all stuck and stupid right now. But the whole idea is that these kids go, uh, 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 you know, once you get into, once you get into the prison systems like this, once you get into it, it becomes a revolving door. And a lot of them they go in and out. In and they spend most of their adult life going in and out of jail. And jail is not a pretty place. I remember, I'm going to tell you a story. Right? I remember one time I got pulled over for speeding. Okay. In Charles County, got a huge, nice. Ended up in jail because I was supposed to go to court and I forgot. Oh wow! And so I got pulled over again, and the guy oh, like, "We got a warrant." Yeah. Oh no! Throw my ass in jail for like three days. Jesus. No, two days. I spent the night in jail. I got out the next day, but uh, I was in jail, and one of these guys was like, "Yeah, man, this is your first time in jail, huh, boy? You gonna have fun in here? We used to this shit." I'm like, "What?" And this black kid telling me this, he's used to this shit. And I thought about that. And I've been thinking about that for a while. He's used to this shit. Yep. Those that are words that stay. It's, it's like, you used to this, it's like comfortable for him. You used to going to jail. Why? Why are you used to going to, why should the person be used to going to jail? Why is this normal for anything? Yeah. Why is this normal for anybody? Yeah. You know? Why is it normal and okay to go to jail? Why? Because they set up a situation whereby these kids expect to be going to jail. They know that a lot of them don't have any hopes beyond the ghetto. They just feel like, well, this is my life. They look at people that was ahead of them. They died at an early age. And so they think that's the way life is supposed to be. But life is not supposed to be like that. That is why it's important for us to, who know better, to educate. Yeah. To, to, to dispel this ignorance. I want you to read that meme for me. That they, I know this one is completely... Which one? Because I had two of them. The one with the uh, football players. Oh, the football players. And what was the other one? Not the other, not that football player, the other one. Because there was the one about, oh, we were talking about the Supreme Court decision or a class action yeah, we, lawsuits. Well, yeah, well, I want you to read both of them. 
because you see this way this thing is so disorganized it's not like the we like you said lightning doesn't strike doesn't strike twice. Play twice no but we had that other one was the, um, almost organized yeah oh you're talking about the nfl players association yeah yeah right? read that one so, yeah, yeah it's kind of like this it's kind of like along what we're talking about right now exactly so we have so this is about then the union the players union's response to um the nfl's announcement that players have to either stand or be in the locker room um, and it says, the NFL chose to not consult the union in the development of this new, quote, policy. Mm -hmm. NFL players have shown their patriotism through social activism, their community service, in support of our military and law enforcement. Exactly. And yes, through their protest to raise awareness about the issues they care about. Exactly. The vote by NFL club CEOs today contradicts the statements made to our player leadership by Commissioner Roger Goodell and the chairman of the NFL's Management Council, John Mara, about the principles, values, and patriotism of our league. Our union will review the new, quote, policy and challenge any aspect of it that is inconsistent with the collective bargaining agreement. Now, what I think is so interesting, too, about that statement, it's, it ends more weekly, right? Because there's two different sides to unions, right? There's right, right. the side of unions where we negotiate a contract to get our members certain rights and benefits, but then there's the social movement piece of things. Right. Like, mm -hmm. what, is, what is the role of organized labor? What is the role of unions in all of the issues that we're talking about? Because honestly, historically, unions have been active oppressors. Mm -hmm. Like, unions have historically... Um, been very against uh, immigration and have mm -hmm. been extremely racist. Union. Oh yeah, union was very because I remember a long time ago, labor unions didn't allow black people to join them. Right, they didn't mm -hmm. allow black people to join and minorities. They did not allow minorities to join. They fought mm -hmm. actively against any law that would allow for any kind of increased immigration. immigration like, right. Mm -hmm. um, unions have historically not been on the right side of history, and right. I think that. We're that right now we're living in a time when unions are are in a I'll period of shift, mm -hmm. right? And they're shifting from thinking about like how is it that we represent the interests of this specific group of people right in front of us mm -hmm. to how do we represent them in more than their workplace, right? Like how do we recognize that you, Michael, are a you know, member, like and mm -hmm. then could go out into the street and get pulled over and shot. Right. Like, and so not just focusing on the workplace. Like, and I think mm -hmm. there are some unions that do it better than others. I mm -hmm. think that you have the example of the laborers union, Leuna, mm -hmm. who is actively in favor of oil pipelines mm -hmm. and is actively in favor of the Keystone XL pipeline because mm -hmm. it will bring jobs to their members. It's so tunnel visioned, right? Like, right. but then you have this statement, mm -hmm. which is like, okay, great. You have this statement. Like, what does it mean? What will it mean for the NFL Players Association right. to actually start to engage in social movement work? Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. and I think that they're being driven to that by their members. Like, because clearly their members decided that with or without the union, they're going to do it. So do the it question right. is, is the union going to put on its running shoes and catch up? Right, right, right. Which is kind of ironic that, you see, I didn't think of it like that too. Because, yeah, the unions, is, the unions are about forming jobs. But the keys, you know, the Keystone Pipeline also runs its pipe through sacred the sacred uh, uh things in navajo indians yeah they want to build uh, no, up no well i mean we had the standing uh, rock protest standing rock process yeah 
and it's going to run the pipe close enough to where if there's an accident it could pollute their only drinking source of drinking water and they're against that but as then well again disturbing their sacred sites. sacred sites right you want to dig up people's graves and stuff now like, could you imagine whatever we already like committed mass genocide on their people and then carved the faces of our presidents into their sacred mountain and now we want to poison their water too not only that you see just so the continuous disrespect and you see i was and some people always say this and i believe it in order for you to to uh be able to hurt somebody without thinking about them as a you have to think of them as non-human yeah you have to take out the human aspect of that individual or those group of people you have to think of the you can't think of them as humans well, you I mean, can't think of them as a human person. yeah he can't yeah that's why you he, he's so easily called like uh, brown black and brown countries shithole countries did you you heard the animals comment this week i didn't hear that one i see oh, I, oh, I got tired of listening to that fucking idiot yeah, donald trump is so stupid you know every time he turns on the tv i get nauseated yep every time i see him on tv his face just makes me Nauseate. I had to turn on the thing. I, I stopped watching him. You see, I stopped following the news because it's the same old shit every day, over and over. What did he do again? What racist thing did he do again? I just imagine if Obama was doing one one hundredth of the thing that he was doing. I remember when Obama and them did a fist, fist bump like this. Did that fist bump? Him and his wife? Oh, yeah. And they call it terrorism and blah, blah, blah. But no, oh, no, what Donald Trump is doing is not terrorism. Sleeping with or multiple women, uh, um, um, he, he he doesn't even treat his wife good, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's just he's just a sick individual all around. But then, it's not deemed terrorism. What he's doing, the uh, colluding with Russian uh, people and all this stuff, it's not deemed as uh, as terrorism. His behavior is weakening the security of our nation, but he's not looked at as terrorism. His behavior, his colluding with Russians. His uh, 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 giving out private uh, uh, declassified the classification of, of 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 secret information, all this stuff. All he's doing is weakening America's stance and America's security. Moving the uh, embassy from Tel Aviv to oh, Jerusalem. Embassy to Jerusalem. Yeah. We didn't even talk about that before. Yeah, we didn't talk How about many that. Palestinians died. Is it f- it thousands? It, well, it was sixty dead and over a thousand injured, if I mm-hmm. remember. Yeah, like, it was. I remember last time. It was, I think it was sixty-two and twenty-four hundred of them were shot okay. or injured. Yeah, that sounds right. Oh, mm-hmm. did you see God in that picture of Ivanka's face as she's like happily opening up the embassy at the same time as and the media too? I remember it was so weird. They're all like, "Oh, Palestinians died." And it's like, no, Palestinians were shot by the Israeli military. No, they like, were killed. They were, they were murdered. Killed. They were murdered. Yes, they were actually murdered. Because let me tell you, right, I don't like, I'm not saying that uh, I believe every Jewish person is bad. But if you're going to talk about Good, the Holocaust. I'm a yeah, no, you're not Jewish. But I'm going to say this. Yes. The Holocaust, it took place. But if you're going to complain about the Holocaust, also remember that you cannot inflict that same type of. Uh, punishment or what could I say you cannot engage in that same kind of behavior towards people who are disadvantaged too and well, expect- that's the thing I mean mm. the, the state of Israel was established following mass atrocities that had happened during the Holocaust that was a culmination right of mm. centuries of oppression in Europe like right right but at the mm. same time then they were able to through the 
ever-evolving definition of what it means to be white in America, right? Then mm -hmm. we had a diaspora of American Jews at that point. Mm -hmm. And so we had American Jews that then... Golda, what's her name? I don't remember what Golda something. Um, mm -hmm. She, M-E-I-R, I think was her last name. M-E-I-R. Uh, but yeah. so she... Um, went and fundraised among American Jews yeah, who had okay. not experienced the same like oppression as European Jews as they mm -hmm. were in the diaspora and had enough money to help then fund the start of the state of Israel like mm -hmm. and so the state of Israel from its very beginning was then also funded by American white supremacy right. like, because at that point then the American Jews had been racialized as white mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is which is wrong because if you look at uh, our Jewish people Ju uh, Judaism actually originated around in, in, in Africa, in, in near Ethiopia. You know, the original Jews are from Ethiopia, from the, uh, Eastern Africa. Uh, and there's, to, the, to mm -hmm. this day, there's Ethiopian Jews that live in Israel that mm -hmm. are that experience their own racism. Oppression. Exactly. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, and, and you know, that's the thing. You know, if you want that, my thing is this: if you want people to take you serious about being oppressed they don't oppress other people it's just inherently wrong for you to complain i'm being oppressed and then complain and then do that to the other people or we will oppress so that's why I, i'm like you know we have to as human beings we have to learn how to treat each other well and then when we get to the point where we get to a point where we now uh have the power to make changes our changes should not be made to hurt other people Yes, it's like, it oh, be we helping. were oppressed and now we're not oppressed and so now we are supreme. Now we're because supreme. Because that's the problem fundamentally with the concept of the state of Israel. It mm -hmm. is a mono-ethnic state, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. it, is, it, is a, it is a state with a, it is a religious state and it is an ethnic state. Mm -hmm. Like, and as people who were talking about equality and about how supremacy is inherently violent, like, we have to stand against the concept that there can be a state of people from one ethnicity. Mm -hmm. Like, to me, the only solution is a single-state solution. A single-state mm -hmm. solution where both Jews and Palestinians, as well as Jews and, uh, and Arabs and Israelis and Palestinians and, and Muslims and everybody is able to exist in a place together. Of course, see, like, yeah. Because otherwise, trying to create separate states, it's saying that, like, you have to racially, ethnically, and religiously divide people into their own separate states, which not, I'm inherently yeah. opposed to. Yeah, not only that, they've turned Palestine into a, a gigantic open-air prison. Well, Gaza, at the very least. Yeah, Gaza, yeah. Yeah. You know. People, I mean, can you imagine living somewhere that has no infrastructure, no schools, no jobs, like, and then you're told that you can never leave? You know, the thing Where's is, the freedom of movement? That's not freedom. And uh, that's not... And it's, it's, it's basically pulling off the same concentration camp mentality that that was that you was affected by. Well, you know? I mean, especially then when you actually see that people are dying in there. They are dying. Like, people are dying. Could you imagine? They, they, they were showing incidents where people were shot several hundred yards away from the border. And then the, the, the snipers, they say, oh, they were threats. How could you be a threat at 700 miles away? I mean, 700 yards away from the border. But, and honestly, though, that action at the border, like, I don't know if you read anything about that. I'm going to have to find an article about it and send it to you. Okay. That was an organized, coordinated, nonviolent protest. You see? Yeah. Which they knew that there was going to be the significant possibility that Israel would respond violently. Mm -hmm. But they all chose to engage in that nonviolent protest mm -hmm. because to them, they were like, we need to bring attention to the fact 
that we are living in a prison. Like, mm-hmm. and we are here fighting for our freedom. We are here and, fighting and, and for And there's nothing wrong with that. No, right. that is to be commended. Mm-hmm. Like, and if any of us could say that we died in that way in this life, like, that would be great. Mm-hmm. And you see, that's the thing. But, you know, and a lot of people are like, well, well you this shouldn't have gone there. This shouldn't have gone there. I'm like, look, if you if you are a human being, my thing is this: the basic concept of this is, if you are a human being, a person who understands what it's like to hurt, suffer, and be sad and lost, you know, why would you want to inflict that to some on somebody else? But I think what the other part of what you said, like you know, where they're like they should have known better. It's the same thing that they say when uh, <clears throat> a black person is shot by the cops, yeah. right? The exact same thing. You should have not protested. You should have not fought. Yeah, you shouldn't have protested. You shouldn't have fought. Like, or you should have known what was going to happen, and you should have behaved in a way that would have made them not want to shoot you. Not feel threatened. Like, and so, but then also, I mean, bringing it back too to the NFL protests, it's the same kind of thing where they're like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have protested because you should have known you were going to die. Like, shut up and entertain us. Mm-hmm. Shut up and make us money. Like, to mm-hmm. people who are standing up for their rights at work. I mean, clearly, the thing that they, that, that everyone who says this kind of thing wants is to maintain everything as it is because mm-hmm. they're doing pretty well right now. Yeah. And so those are clearly the people who are the problem. My thing is that if all the NFL players would just protest... Like they just choose not to play. It will hurt those billionaire, um, billionaire owners. I'm kind of excited now that we've seen the players' association response to see what the players' response is going to be. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, that's what they say. But what if they all ignore it? Right? What if it's not just Colin? And what if it's not just the handful that have been participating so far? What if they get up to 50% of the players choose to kneel anyway and risk the fine? Right? That, yeah. What are they gonna do? I think there was a there was a um, somebody in Britain or something. I did. I kind of briefly heard it. They said they were willing to pay the fine for anybody who protests. Oh, you know, I think I saw that too. Yeah. I saw that too. You saw that, right? Yeah. So yeah, they was they were willing to pay the fine for anybody that protests. But you see, is is what I'm saying is that these people they're not protesting. They're not supporting any nefarious government. You know, all they're doing is trying to tell you, look. Our people are being oppressed, and we want you to do something about it. That's why we take the knee down. We want to bring recognition. It's not look taking a knee down does not affect the game any. It does not affect their performance on the field. It does not express anything. One guy got in radio and said, "Well, that's their job, and a certain job there." Uh, what do you say? He said that they have policies that they expect people to follow. But yeah. If you're being mistreated on the job, what do we like? Like, what are we doing right now? We're walking around telling people that they need to join a union because if you feel like you're not being treated well on the job, the only way to do that is to band up and then make demands. You know, hook up and make demands. It's the same thing the NFL plays. That's why I hope that all of them one day would just protest, just walk off on the field. Like in the middle of a game, before they start the game, they'll play the game and at a certain point, they all agree. A walk off? And just walk off the field. I like it. They'll do that for four or five games. I bet you they will listen to them. That's the bottom line. They will listen to them. And but um, until we recognize the power we have, you see, racism does not just affect. racism is a tool used to keep us divided so that rich people could keep playing uh, three shells with us. 
Correct. Because racism is not the real problem. The real problem is social economic class in this country. Yeah, the rich want to stay violence. rich, right? And the poor want to be poor, and they use race as a guise for that. You know, if people come to band together and see that, I always remind me of this picture I saw where this the leader is standing and talking to a group of people, but there's a long, uh, like a long piece of wood, and he's standing at the edge of the wood, right? Mm -hmm. And then the people who he's commanding to do shit is standing on the wood that keeps it from tumbling over the cliff. Have right. you seen that? I haven't. Okay. I'm if I find him a sentence. Like he's standing right here, and the the people who are standing right here, the people who is leading stand right, here, and he's right here, telling them what to do, telling them. To do. But and in and the caption reads on that it says that if um, if people only knew the power that they had. Yep, it's so true. If they only knew the, the power, power that, that they, they had. had, we have power. We have the ability to make change. We have the ability to improve our life. We have the ability to fight against oppression, but. And as soon as you make that decision personally, that mm. you're not going to put up with it anymore. Yeah, what do you, you do? Find the, well, you find the people around you who are feeling the same, right? Mm. And then you start to organize and then mm. you band together. Yeah, but then you have those cowards that will go back and tell the boss. <laughs> you know, <laughs> snitch is going to snitch. Snitch is going to snitch. That's why snitches deserve to get stitches. But I'm not. I'm not saying like if you call, if, you, if, a, if a police is doing something uh, or, or you doing something that's criminal. You should not be offered forgiveness if you kill somebody. Wait, okay. Where I, park? I saw that blue guy. I thought it was there. So that's not mine. Oh, there I am. Okay, all right. So yeah, like I'm saying, I'm gonna park so we can finish this up. Um, but um, Hannah, I'm gonna wrap this up because I know you gotta go. I appreciate you. I appreciate you know you talking to me and you know give me your you know we're talking about this topic from your point of view. I hope this we could do this more because it's interesting to talk about stuff, but it's also interesting to get another person's point of view. I think it's very important that we need to keep, as people, we need to keep talking about this. We need to communication, like we need to talk about it, and not only between us. Yep. Well, because what other we people need to know. Yeah, people, and then you see what I've discovered with you is that you're very knowledgeable about a lot of stuff, and that's an asset to being progressive you know and i really appreciate that about you know no like, and it's good for me because i mean obviously i mean the reason why i've got like i i know a lot about this is because i talk to people about it constantly people right. who know more than me right. people who know different things than me right. people who had different life experiences than me because mm -hmm. we all are going to approach all of these topics from our own perspective because exactly. we're not in anyone else's shoes or anyone right. else's right. head mm -hmm. and so it's not it's good and it's necessary mm -hmm. because at no point does anyone know everything like no you can't you kind of know everything. But the more that we like, you know, and that with kind of along the lines of enlightenment, right? Like, you know, mm -hmm. the more that we keep talking with each other and keep learning from each other, at least the closer we get to having some kind of an analysis. Yeah, I mean, at least not trying to ignore the elephant in the room. Also we have to has to be addressed. You see, the thing about trauma, right? Is I'll, there's this one lady named Dr. Joyce. Uh, I forgot her name. Degra. I listened to her tape. She's very knowledgeable. I'm gonna find that link. I'm gonna send it to you. Yes, please. I'll find it and send it to you because she's very nice. She talks about, um, she talks about, uh, 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 is about trauma as a result of slavery. Yep. Dr. Joy DeGro. Okay. DeGro. And she, she's, uh, the lecture is about two hours long, but mm -hmm. man, it'll feel like 10 minutes long. I bet. It's very knowledgeable. You learn a lot. 
she talks about all of these things that affect us and the fact that slavery is not just some slavery and oppression and racism is not does not just negatively impact black people it negatively impacts white people it negatively impacts mm -hmm. everybody of every race because as a white person like i said earlier it makes you afraid of black people for no reason well let's talk mm -hmm. about barbecue lady with that and then we'll mm -hmm. finish up but barbecue lady right mm -hmm. imagine if she hadn't been racist, she would have gone and enjoyed a really nice barbecue. Yeah, probably get a hamburger. Have a little mm -hmm. hamburger, mm -hmm. talk with some people, and have a real nice time. But instead, she was racist. Like, mm -hmm. and now, now at the very least, we've she's a it professor at Stanford University at that. Did you know? Yep. Oh, mm -hmm. and then, then there was also like you know the the woman at Yale who called the cops for the black woman sleeping in the common room oh, who yeah, was a student saw, there. Yeah, that was you know she studies the school to prison pipeline. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. like she's a PhD student and that is her area of study is the school to prison oh, the pipeline. Black lady? No, the white lady. What? I know, right? It's crazy. And then she did it. That's not the first time she did it. She did it to a black guy too. Yeah, exactly. And then what about um what about this other incident where we had a school teacher, a racist school teacher who was a she, I think she was a neo-Nazi or a white supremacist and she was teaching elementary school. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, you could go on and on. We could talk about this. But the main action, like I said, you know, if you is want to, to make talk. a change, is to talk about it and to vote out politicians who continue to promote these stupid behaviors, who continue to support organizations that perpetrate this, who continue to, to, to support organizations like the NRA that... Who, 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 uh, what's his, uh, uh, Pierre Lafayette or whatever his name is. Yeah, whatever his name yeah. is. Yeah. He, his whole thing about gun violence is his solution to gun violence is to put oh, more guns, guns on, more guns. It's just like saying the solution to traffic is to put more cars on the highway. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> it don't make no fucking sense. Yeah. But anyway, Hannah, I know you gotta go. Yeah. This but... is Memorial Day and I hope you have a nice weekend. Thank you. You too. Yeah, Try to get nice out time. in the sunshine. I will. I'm going to take my little dog out for a little bit. <laughs> but, um, you know, we got to do this more. I hope we could do this more often. I really enjoy your knowledge and I'm going to have to buck up on my knowledge too. We're going to read. I'm going to, uh, obviously before, I'm pretty sure the next time we do this again together, some other shit's going to go now. Oh, I have it, no doubt. Fit. And that's the sad thing about it. I would like to reach a point where I don't have anything to talk about it. But the reality is, going crazy. Always, the world is going crazy and we're going to always have some shit to talk about. That is the truth. We're always going to have some shit to talk about. We're, so, I'm going to end it right here. Hopefully, this time we'll be able to save it. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. Good luck. Thank you very much, Hannah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. I mean,